What's up, everybody? Pathlin here, and welcome to episode 1164 of Ask Pat 2.0. You're about to listen to a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur just like you. And today we're talking with Peter Birch from TalkingHealthTech.com. He's somebody who's recently quit his job to go full-time with this, and very common story, it's starting to feel a little overwhelming. In fact, he's working a lot of hours, he's got a family, he's got a mortgage to pay, and there's a lot of weight now that he's running his own business. And he even says himself in the show that, you know, if he were 20 and there was less risk involved, he'd be fine, but there's just so much weight here, what do we do? Well, this is what we discussed today. So whether you're just starting out and you wanna make sure you avoid these situations or when you come across them or if you're going through this right now, hopefully this will give you some ammunition to help through those situations for you. Listen in, this is a good one. Again, you can check out Peter at talkinghealthtech.com or check out his podcast, Talking Health Tech. Here we go. Peter, welcome to Ask Pat 2.0. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me, Pat. It's great to be here. Really excited to chat, and I'd love to start off by asking you a little bit about yourself. What do you do? Sure, sure. So my name is Peter Birch. I am the founder of Talking Health Tech, which is a, a podcast and online community for the Australian health tech scene. So doctors, decision makers, and developers that are here in Australia working within the health tech industry. So making solutions that are based in technology for those providing healthcare. So does that mean like software and other things like that? Yeah, yeah. So in my career, I, when I started, I was predominantly focused on creating software for GPs, like primary care physicians. And and I'm I'm not a, to set the scene as well, I'm not a doctor or a developer, but I play nicely with everybody. So I, I, I've been mostly in operations management roles and general manager roles within larger organizations like corporations that were providing healthcare. And then generally, I've kind of progressed down from working in very large organizations right through to now being, you know, my own solopreneur and entrepreneur type gig. So it's been great to see that progression over the past 15 years from how healthcare utilizes technology. And it's so since doing the the podcast and being involved in the industry, interesting, particularly in the last 12 months and so or a bit longer now with with COVID, how much the, the industry relies on technology. So not just the software providers, but those creating devices, like medical devices, but also pharma companies, pharmaceutical companies, right through to aged care and disability. So it's an interesting area that I thought was kind of quite super niche and it then has broadened out into more of a general healthcare setting. That's so cool. Now, are you, is your business model, are you more of like a consultant to these people or are you actually, yeah. uh, you know, connecting the developers and providing solutions and then, you know, selling them? Are you having people like, how's the business model work? I'm just curious. So it's funny because when I started, when Talking Health Tech started, it definitely wasn't like the concept wasn't meant to be monetized in my head. So it was it was a podcast. I had a background in community radio. I thought, hey, it'd be nice to start up a podcast, a bit of a personal branding you know, experience to take some of the conversations I'm already having with people within the network and, you know, do them in a more in a more public way, I guess. And and with the whole intention of trying to improve collaboration within the industry because most people within the Australian healthcare industry, but I think it's the same thing globally, is that you feel so alone when you're working within it and like no one speaks to anybody. It feels quite isolated. And to be able to have, you know, that kind of connection, at least go, oh, okay, I, I hear that this person's having the same problem with Medicare or, you know what, that sounds interesting. I'm working on a similar project. Let's collaborate. So I thought, oh, look, you know, I'll do a podcast. There might be, you know, maybe 20 episodes that I could do because I was thinking, oh, maybe this is just the the size of my kind of pool. And after that, you know, we can just see how it goes. 
I guess fast forward two years from then, I just recorded episode 120 yesterday. And uh, wow, so, okay, That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> and there's like a pipeline of you know interviews for the next you know three months that are booked out. We do four episodes a week now, which is ridiculous. Doing that four is kind of ridiculous, <laughs> but it's good just, job done. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's great to know that there's so much interest and um, it's such a great platform to be able to have those long-form conversations with individuals but cover such a broad range of topics that would have just taken so long to otherwise put into a um, white paper or, you know, a document, which is normally the way that things were communicated within healthcare. Cool. And the work you're doing is so important. Obviously, we're helping people. And so you've sort of found your own little way to do that by playing connector. And that's one of the best things you can do in business is to figure out who out there might need each other and then be the ones to connect them. And I absolutely love that. So what's on your mind? Are you struggling with anything, challenges, et cetera? Yeah. And it's funny because when, when we originally connected, like when I applied for Ask Pat, I was at that point where I was working within a my startup scale-up company and, you know, I was employed to to run the business there and that was going great. But then this Talking Health Tech was, you know, continuing to bubble up and starting to to monetize and, you know, saw the opportunity to make that my full-time thing. And I And I struggled with that kind of decision for a while and, it's great because I joined SPI Pro and had those conversations with people in the community, was able to do the the AMA with you as well. I was able to, you know, get that confidence to then, I guess, make that jump and, you know, the world didn't end and it, was, <laughs> it wasn't as disastrous. <laughs> and as it's going okay. Yeah, it's going really well. It's going really well. You know, we just, it's a profitable business. There's a lot of good opportunities that that are arising and that's that's really exciting. I guess the one thing that has come up out of all of this though is that I am so tired, Pat. <laughs> like it's such a, you know, running your own thing and having that that weight of everything, you know, got the, if it was just me by myself making that move in my 20s, I'd be like, oh, well, if it fell down, I'd just go find another job and that's okay. But, you know, got the got the mortgage, got the three kids, got the wife, got the all those other responsibilities of being an adult, I guess, behind you. So whilst it's all going okay, I'm, I'm putting in a lot of hours and it's kind of, and the irony is I'm working in healthcare. So, you know, normally, yeah, whilst I'm not a physician or anything like that, that there's something about it where I feel like, well, it's almost like disingenuous sometimes where I think, well, I, I'm putting in all this extra time and effort and feeling like, you know, that continued at this rate, it's not sustainable. But, you know, at the same time, I, I sometimes justify it. It's like, oh, well, you know, short-term gain, you know, do it all now quickly and then, you know, you'll right. be able to to chill a bit later. But sometimes it's hard to, you know, see that light at that end of the tunnel. Yeah. I mean, when is later? Is later after you burn out and crash or yeah. is later because we've sort of planned and sort of started to remove yourself from the process or, or systematize? And so I appreciate you sharing this because I think a lot of people can relate to this or it is actually a fear that people have when when getting started. So, you know, you're putting in the hours now and you are investing into the future. But what have you done already to potentially think about how you can manage time and the workload and, and be less overwhelmed? Yeah. So the thing, I think I might be at that tipping point, but I'm not seeing the reward, like the fruits of the labor yet. So it's almost like I'm at that point where I need that extra kind of push to get through and it might be getting harder because I'll explain the concept. So the context. So I've got now, uh, so I've got, I've got extra help. Basically I've got a community manager who's come on, who's a great guy, medical student and software developer, like the perfect combination of, you know, tasks that, yeah, for what I'm doing. And brought on someone else as a, as a content manager. So since we're pumping out four episodes a week, you know, having someone to be able to then manage all the contractors. So also contracting out 
editing the and edit, yeah post-production and and then some graphics and some other bits and pieces so so i did spend a lot of time working out the process at the front end and be like well what can i farm off and then what can i do i think my problem then though it becomes like as soon as i get a bit of space i then try and fill it with something else you know because i'm like oh that's great now i've got time to then you know scale up this new initiative and you know this one so I, i'm worried that you know it doesn't matter how much kind of i hand off just because I'm always looking at new opportunities and wanting to kind of progress that I will then go, great, I'll just fill this space with working on the summit or working on something else, you know, so. Yeah, I know exactly how you feel. Trust me. (laughs) You almost feel bad not filling in that time. You're like, this is a waste. I could have done something different or I could do something more and, and scale up. The way that I approach this and how I want you to at least think about this with me here on the show is instead of thinking about your business in just as its own container, think about your business and your personal life, your just life in general, all as as one whole holistic thing. When you do that, and you start to think about the time that you're getting back from these efficiencies that you're building in these systems inside of your work, you can then, yes, fill in that time because we don't want to just sit on the couch all day. But how might you be able to fill in that time with the stuff on the personal side of things, with the family, with hobbies that you might have and other avocations, other interests that you might have that can actually refuel you or, or light you up? Have you considered filling in those gaps with things outside of work? Yeah, it's funny. I, um, you almost feel a bit, a bit lame, don't you, when you think, well, what do I do? I, I work and I've got the family side of things. And I think, well, you know, what, what are my hobbies? And I, you know, I, I did very much used to be into health and fitness and, you know, just generally, you know, looking after yourself, running was a big thing, was training for a marathon ages ago. So, and I'm definitely not training for a marathon right now, at least not a, not a, um, <laughs> you're running a different marathon, a different right marathon. Now and it has yeah. to do with work. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I feel like there's part of me that, you know, and, and there's a lot that's involved in there, a lot of research and a lot of kind of, you know, interesting areas that again, are complementary to what I do, but it's quite different. So, and that's something that, certainly does interest me. Being able to make time and space for that could be interesting. Do you feel like if you were to insert some of that health and fitness into your life, that would that take away from other opportunities in your business? Or could that actually have an opposite effect and actually add a level of energy to what you're doing? Yeah, see, this is the thing. I I know, and it's the, the irony is if someone asked me, I'd almost be like, well, you know, when you're out, when you've got a healthy mind and sorry, no, you, you're, you're, you know, the juices are flowing, you're, you're doing, you know, anything that's relating to fitness generally, then new ideas might come to you or, you know, you're rejuvenated. It's sometimes I just think, oh, well, oh, this email just quickly, you know, I might be getting ready to go out for a run, but it's like, I could just get this one thing done or, you know, and then this would be beneficial. So I need to, there almost needs to be a level of discipline or something that I need to be able yeah, to. Yeah, that's the word. Mm. That is the word. And for me, discipline is hard as well because I kind of just, I'm often a fly by the seat of my pants kind of person. And if I, like you, get an email or something like that's like, oh, let me just, I'll answer this email and then I'll go on a run and then something else gets in the way and something else gets in the way. For me, it's about the discipline and the prioritization. And for your ability to honor what you said you're set out to do. With email in particular, it's interesting because that is, in fact, when you zoom out, and I think Tim Ferriss said this, that is other people controlling your time and sucking the energy and sometimes the life out of you at their request. And so that's that's why for email for me, I have specific times of the day where, okay, I'm gonna enter this next phase of the day. 
all I'm doing is email and I can focus on that. And then uh, this other phase of the day, it's all family time and it literally is in the calendar so that because it's on the calendar is the top priority, is the most important thing and I cannot let anything else go through. That's hard to do in the beginning, especially. And in, with email in particular, I remember having feelings of, oh, well, what if there's something that like goes wrong? What if there's a some emergency of some kind? Like I need to be there right away. And Jess, who I hired to help me with my email said, you're gonna be fine. There's not gonna be anything that's gonna go wrong to a point where if you don't answer within a day, it's not gonna, it's not gonna like work out in the end. And she's like, if you have something that is an emergency, I will text you or I will let you know. Otherwise, if you're not hearing anything, things are going fine. And that was a huge like weight off my shoulder. Yeah, I didn't think about email. I've outsourced a few different areas of things that where I don't add as much value and others can probably do it better than me. But for some reason, I've kind of just left email there and that you just reminded me that that's probably an area that I do spend a lot of my time. And oh, dude, email's the worst. Man. Yeah. <laughs> email's the absolute worst. Yeah, yeah. Email is the worst. And do you find, I was, I was going to ask just off the back of the, the, you know, the time blocking and being able to make time for, you know, only doing this task at this period of time. Do you find that, like my, my concern with that sometimes is, well, what happens if something, you know, like there's an emergency, like like a family situation or something else comes up in the business and then all of a sudden you've, you've put all your recordings or, you know, this particular task in one particular bucket, then all of a sudden you've wiped out that. Like I, I see almost the benefit in spreading the risk of recordings, but that also drains me a lot right? because I spread out a lot of recordings for podcasts since we're doing so many episodes. It's spreading them out, you know, spreads the risk so that if, you know, for some reason I'm not available that day or whatever happens, I'm not then burning three episodes and I've got to reschedule three things. But right, maybe it's a bit of a trade-off. It is a trade-off. And, you know, no matter what, there's always going to be pros and cons, of course. But, you know, I find that when I time block and, and do a little bit of batch processing with things, I actually can get more done than if I were to spread them out. I might be able to get four episodes done in a two-hour period versus three in a two-hour period spread across more time. And then again, when those things get completed, it's sort of like out of my brain now and I've done my job for the weekend, I can open up more availability for other things, business or personal. Yes, there's of course the opportunity or the possibility of something happening, but I think, and I'm sure you know this, you've took one of the biggest risks ever. You quit your job to now do what it is that you're doing the approach of, well, I'm not going to do this because this might happen is, you know, more of a reactive approach than a proactive approach, right? You know what I mean? So I think that, you know, things will happen. You reschedule when it comes up, but the pros and the benefits of that will far outweigh those moments where you can sort of reschedule, plus the fact that you'd probably get ahead. I mean, there are moments when I have a week where I'm just like, no, I'm not feeling it this week, but we're two months ahead of schedule. So, I'm totally fine. And I can I can just, you know, either add an additional episode for the next few weeks every time I, I sit back and record and, you know, get it back. And that's the, the kind of cool thing. You get a little bit more flexible, which then opens up more room and, uh, you, you know, you feel a little bit less overwhelmed. I, I do want to ask you about four episodes per week. That is a lot. Yeah. And I'm guessing you're, you're the host of all of them. You're, it's your voice, right? And, yeah. you know, you have these editors and such, but what if it was three? What if it was two? Would there be any less value to the listener? And and, and the reason I ask this is I've, I've had this experience before on YouTube, not a podcast, because I never went. Well, in fact, I did go daily with Ask Pat for a while, but it was a very short episode. With my YouTube channel, I remember publishing daily to a point where people were like, I can't follow you anymore because I'm so behind. I just feel like, you know, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with all of your content. You're not even giving me a chance to absorb everything and actually take action on it. 
How would you uh, respond to that in light of four episodes per week? Sure. So to give context, I have three, and this is actually a topic that I've been thinking about for a little bit, so I'm glad you brought it up. I have three episodes on our main podcast feed for the public, and then I've got one extra bonus episode for members. So again, using Supercast, which is great. Yeah. And the bonus episode, that's something I need to find more time for just separately because I'm using the bonus episode as a way for me to be less of the guy that's asking questions, more of the person that's you know, imparting my kind of insights into, you know, how to how to build your health tech startup or, you know, how to raise capital, all that kind of stuff, which is, which is great. But again, I haven't done the episode for this Sunday, for example, and it's Friday when I'm recording. So I'm like, oh, I've got to somehow find time to to work that in. And anyway, well, we'll finish up soon, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. <laughs> but with the other episodes, see, the business model that I've got is that maybe about half of the episodes that we have are organization because we're quite b2b is you know it's an industry podcast a lot of organizations see the podcast as a marketing opportunity and have paid to be able to be on the podcast so this is an interesting kind of thing that i didn't think i I didn't think i was going to go down that route and it's something that you know when organizations do choose to purchase you know a, a dedicated episode of the podcast and be interviewed you know i'm also wanting to make sure that the quality of the content is high and that listeners still feel that they're getting value out of it and they're not being sold to and all that kind of stuff. And that's generally the, the companies agree with that. You know, that, that's how they'll get the most amount of value out of doing that as well. So the the reason for, for expanding out to three is, was because of demand, but then at the same time, like so that I could fit in more podcasts because more organizations are keen to essentially pay to to be on the podcast. But yes, I've been thinking about that kind of, issue of yeah that's not infinitely scalable and that also then i've got a risk there of diluting the impact or the value of that the further that goes and there's probably some value in having scarcity as well so because it got to a point where organizations were wanting to pay to come on the podcast but it's like well i'm booked out for three four months in advance and it's like well you know when you're at that really early stage it's like well turning away a client is Right. Hard thing it's to hard. do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's hard. But with scarcity comes the uh, ability to increase your price for per, a person to get moved up, for example. So you can have an opportunity like that where, you know, the wait list is three months. But if you pay, you know, this much, we can definitely push you forward or something like that. And, and that's not always possible. I'm just kind of thinking out loud here because with, with scarcity comes opportunity to raise prices. You know, um, it's just the it's just economics. But you know, the other thing is, and another thing I like to challenge people on is, okay, if you're doing all this work, does it does it still have to be you? Can it be maybe one episode a week that's hosted by maybe another person on the team? I know a person who also has a podcast where they're not even supplying the information. It's literally like more of a course where a person will come on and, and record on their end for 30, 45 minutes and then just give them the audio to put in and it almost becomes like a masterclass versus an interview thus removing them from the entire interview process for that one episode. So I'm also definitely really interested in in exploring this concept too, because it, it ties to another, you know, thing that's been on my mind around expanding the the offering to be more than just for Australia. We're very Australia focused, which has been good for the the audience that I'm targeting because here in Australia, being we feel like we're sometimes a bit isolated from everywhere else, there's nothing really specific for Australian health tech. So that that's where the value has been. But at some point, I'd want to be able to explore going more global with the the opportunities well because a lot of exciting things are happening more globally in health tech. So then, you know, when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about well, you know, there could potentially be a show based on some other area and, and then have someone else host that podcast or something. But I have actually been you know, like toying with the concept of 
not me not hosting everything. For example, we do have a virtual summit coming up in about a month that I was contemplating, you know, like me being the, the doer and, you know, hey, I'm going to do everything here. You know, I'll host all of these conversations with individuals like fireside chats or panels and it'll just be like an extended version of the podcast. Then I realized that would be me talking for eight hours and I'd probably, you know, drop dead at the end <laughs> yeah. of it. So um, that having, you know, individuals chair those sessions and other people present is a neat kind of soft way to do that. Also, we're doing a live stream, like a weekly live stream, and I'm jumping on with our community manager who's, again, th- that medical student and software developer. He's, you know, a cool guy and it makes for great conversation. So I'm slowly introducing others into these conversations because I do feel I, I also feel it as well if I'm listening to a podcast and then all of a sudden there's someone else that's hosting I think you know it happens sometimes with Tim Ferriss or others where it's like you almost feel like wait where did where did Tim go or where you know where did this person right, go so right. I get worried about that but I think maybe slowly introducing others into the fold could then o- open up the opportunity for it not being just the Pete show and I'm totally all for making this much way bigger than myself so th- this this show isn't about me or that you know the community isn't about me that's why it's great having the the online community as well so slowly I'm trying to bring more into it so hopefully that can you know alleviate some of the stress for me I mean there could be some opportunities for episodes of the week to be actually community members maybe they get a little access to telling their story which serves as both a way for them to get a little bit of exposure but also a way to give others exposure to you and what you've done for them through their lens, which would be really interesting, especially if you're inviting more people into Supercast or inviting people into your courses and other things that you might have to offer, which is which is really interesting. I think the biggest lever here is going to be discipline when it comes to when you have more time to not consider just, okay, what else can I do in the business to fill in that time, but rather how can I create that space so that when I go back into business, it's you know, you have a little bit more energy. It's almost like, you know, sometimes if I'm working really hard on a project or a launch or something, instead of staying up super late and continuing to work on it, just like in, in university, right? Like they say, if you were to stay up all night and, and cram everything and pull it on all night, or that's worse than going to bed and just taking a break and then coming back for energy levels and for your brain activity and such. So I think that discipline is going to be really key. And then also, like you, we talked about, we touched on email, a little bit. We touched on potentially uh, bringing other members on. You perhaps have seen this with an SPI and especially an SPI Pro. You know, it's a lot of my team members stepping up because they also have their superpowers that they're able to bring to the community that I, I'm not even able to do. And so it's starting to become this sort of like team now versus just me. And I really love that. And that that is opening up more time for me as well for other business things, but also more family related things as well. So yeah, I and because we've got a, a circle community as well and we launched that a couple of months ago and that's been nice. that's been great and it's it's nice to be you know part of SBI Pro to be able to see what what happens there and then kind of apply some of those back into into our community too which is you know a bit of a double whammy but I totally agree like the last couple of days there's been so much activity in there which is fantastic and there's been the, some long form posts that individuals have made like members like paying members have made into the community and they're all engaging and I'm like I need to catch up with what's going on in my community <laughs> you know like I've seen the notifications go off but then I've, you know, checked and I thought, oh, no, everyone's waiting for me to reply to something. No one's waiting for me to reply to any of these messages in the community. I, I can certainly get involved wherever I can add value. But it's it's just, like, I'm just starting to see some of those things where, you know, there is movement. So I guess it is it is providing me hope. But it's like at that that old lame graphic where there's that miner that's underground and he's digging and digging and digging and he walks away just before he hits that kind of, you know, the, the spot of gold. So, yeah, it's continuing on making sure that I'm conscious of those things, there is opportunities to 
farm off email, which I've totally not thought about. So I'm definitely going to explore that more and yeah, make some room for something about me and try and get back into the running as well. That could be. Yeah. I mean, that would, that would let you up, I'm sure. And plus, you know, I know for me as a, as somebody who had run as well a while back, a lot of my best business ideas came on the sort of meditative runs that I've been on, you know? So I think, you know, it's, it's not taking away, it's actually adding to not just the business, but holistically you as a person and, and you as a father, you as a, a husband. And that, I think that's, that's all the more reason to, to focus on this. Final point here before we finish up. Thank you for this, by the way. I love how you've shared this again. This is going to be really helpful for a lot of people. On the community thing, you touched on something really important. And it's, it's this idea that you don't need to, you personally at this point don't need to reply and, and be there for every single conversation that's happening. If you are starting out, that's really important because you want people to feel heard and make them feel like they belong and, and such. But eventually there's a tipping point in a community where that would be weird if you actually did that. If you imagine like going to a giant, dance or something and there's all these groups of people at this dance in, in a gym like it would be kind of weird if you like went to every group and was like hey what's going on how are you guys okay <laughs> i'm gonna go to this one hey guys what's going on like it would be kind of awkward yeah you're gonna be the person more on the stage sort of welcoming everybody in at the same time and perhaps there's a welcome committee or other people and plus people find each other and then you know you just let those conversations happen it's awesome yeah oh i like that i drove a welcome committee i've not thought of that because i do i do like a um I try and send a Bonjoro personalized message that that's getting a bit hard now, but so I've kind of, I'm thinking about scaling those up a little bit, but the, that worked quite well at the start and people found that highly engaging the individual personalized contact. But, you know, I, I invest a lot of time in the individuals, in those founding members uh, of the community and as you should. Yeah. And just now we're, we're seeing them all engaging with each other. It's good having a community manager who he's remunerated a little bit, but not, it's more about the, the opportunity that exists within the business too so having that help is is quite good and yeah just circles a really good platform to be able to do that on too so yeah it's great well peter thank you so much for today i hope this was really helpful if you could offer everybody who's listening where they can go to learn more about you that'd be great yeah sure so best spot is go to talkinghealthtech.com and we're on linkedin is where we have a lot of activity on socials but we're also on instagram and facebook and twitter so check us out there Perfect. And do you mind if we reach back out to you in the future to see sort of how things progress? Yeah, I love it. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know how many runs I'm doing a week and who's, who's <laughs> handling my emails. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to hold you accountable to, the, to those miles. OK. All right. All right. It's on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Peter. OK, no worries. Thank you. All right, Peter, thank you so much for your generosity with your time and your vulnerability today to share with us what you're going through and what you're gonna do to hopefully manage the time and the energy moving forward. This is, a, of course, a very common thing, like I said in the intro, that a lot of people go through, and I'm just very grateful that you can help us lead by example here. And we look forward to connecting with you again in the future. And again, if you wanna check out his podcast, Talking Health Tech, and again, talkinghealthtech.com, you can check him out, Peter Birch. Thank you so much. And if you want to get coached here on Ask Pat, be more than happy to, but can't pick everybody. Truth is, I can't pick you unless you at least apply. You can apply at askpat.com. Just find the application button, record a little voice memo to myself and my team, and we'll help figure it out. And we may be reaching out to you sooner or later. Sometimes we reach out to people, you know, six or seven months after, sometimes even more. And even in this case with Peter, he, he even said at the time he applied, he was doing something else. So we reach out and try to help as many people as possible here on the show. And again, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. And again, askpat.com. And thanks in advance for all the reviews. I appreciate you for your time today. Thank you so much. And I look forward to serving you in the next episode. Until then, keep crushing it. Take care. 
Thank you, and as always, Team Flynn for the win. Peace. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while, and that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show. For now, at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.